Hello, it is a privilege to be here with all of you today. Um, let me tell you a little bit about me as I get started here real quick. I have, I have a son who's eight years old and a daughter who's 10. And they give me so much material to work with for my sermons. And, and as I get started, I just want to tell a little story about my daughter. Uh, she was maybe about six or seven years old and we're listening we're always listening to music in the car. They love music. And, and we're listening to music. And in the song, it says something like, if you've ever been in love, raise your hands. And so I'm just driving. All of a sudden, the rearview mirror, I see my daughter's hands up in the air just waving them. So I turn around. I'm like, honey, what, what are you doing? She said, well, the song said, if, if you're in love, to raise your hands. I was like, okay. So what, what, what do you mean? She's like, well, I love you. And I love mommy. I said, oh, wow, that's, that's special. Right, and, and there's there's different kinds of love and being in love and, and the love of a mom and, and then there's the love for your community and the love for a church and the love for the body of Christ, and I say all that to say is that I have a very very unique and deep love for this congregation. I moved here and I'm going to share this in just a little bit um, over ten years ago to plant a church in Waukegan, and this was one of the first congregations that came alongside and said we believe in the vision. And for all these years, through the highs and the lows, this congregation has always been there. And so I have a very, very special love for the congregation, for the staff, especially for your pastor, Mike. In fact, you're, you're, you're deeply blessed to have a pastor as Mike, a man who is wise and godly, extremely hardworking, sometimes too hard. Most importantly, he loves God. He loves the church, and he loves this community. So it's a privilege and an honor for me to be here to fill in for Mike, my good friend and my mentor. Now today I want to talk to those of you that feel the weight of some type of personal failure in your life. Maybe you're dealing with that right now, or maybe you dealt with it in the past, but that weight is still on your back. Maybe you let yourself down. Maybe you let someone else down. Maybe you let God down. You didn't perform the way that you thought you were supposed to perform or that others expected or that you knew you needed to. And that weight is on you. See, all of us, unfortunately, at one time or another, we fall short of the right standards and we let ourselves down, others down, and God and this morning, I'm going to talk about some pretty heavy stuff. And, and I wrestled with what I was going to come and speak about because I was given the freedom to be able to pick my topic and to choose what I wanted to speak about. And I really had to pray and discern what I felt God wanted me to share. And what I'm going to share this morning, I'm going to be very vulnerable and I'm going to be very open. I'm going to show you some things that you would probably never expect for a guest pastor to come and share. But with that, I hope that the Holy Spirit will use this time to speak to all of us. And with that, I would like for us to just quickly stand and to pray that God would use this time to bring honor to the name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly gracious Father, we are here with many motives. Some are here simply out of routine. Others of us are here out of brokenness. Others of us are here because we desire to simply worship you on the first day of the week. There's many reasons why we're here. Some of us are doubters. We don't even know why we're here. 
But regardless of where we may be right now, we ask that you would open up our hearts and our minds and that we may be fully present to your presence right now in this moment. I ask that you would use me simply as a mouthpiece, that it will be the Holy Spirit that convicts us and speaks to us to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Now at Journey, we have a motto that, that everywhere you see our logo, usually underneath it, it says, the reality of our journey is to be real with ourselves, others, and God. And we have tried to model this. And today I'm going to try to model this for you and being real with you. Um, let me tell you a little bit about me. I was actually born in Costa Rica. Uh, I wish I would have been there longer, but I was just born there and then I was raised in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. But I've been able to go back to Florida. I mean, I've been able to go back to Costa Rica quite a bit uh, throughout my time. My wife, who is not from Costa Rica, loves Costa Rica and wants to retire in Costa Rica. So hopefully I was born there and I'll get to retire there. But I was born in Costa Rica. I was raised in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Around age 20, I got married and went into the Air Force. And then I spent quite a bit of time in California. My whole military uh, time was in California. I did active duty there. Then I also got my undergrad, and I also went to seminary in California. After seminary, I had never been to the Midwest. I was asked to, to come over here and, and see what God was doing in this area to maybe plant a church in Waukegan. So coming from beautiful San Francisco, came to beautiful Waukegan, and I was just blown away by the beauty. I saw the lakefront. I was like, this is it. This is the place God has for me. <laughs> you know, so it was, it was a rough transition for us to come to this area to, to face the winters. Uh, but we felt like God was calling us to be here. And when we came here, a lot of amazing churches like this one came around us uh, and supported us and believed in the vision. And, and things went off well and things got started and we actually were able to have services in Spanish, services in English. We started training other uh, church planters to do a model like Journey, which was reaching multicultural, but second generation mean Hispanics that look Hispanic, but they actually don't speak Spanish. They speak English. So there's like this mixed culture there and it was very unique and it was working and we mentored other people. We coached other people. We got things going. Eight years into this, things were well. I had just come back from a sabbatical after seven years of working really hard. And I had a moral failure. I was unfaithful to my wife. And absolutely my whole world collapsed. Everything God had done. Everything I had worked. Everything that my life had ever seem to point towards have been destroyed. The person that loves me the most is the person that I hurt the most. The people that I was supposed to care for, shepherd, lead, and pastor, my congregation, were the people I betrayed. And to get up every day, every morning, and open my eyes to that reality, to this person that I became, that I couldn't believe that I could have ever become this person, was absolutely horrific. Very painful. Very difficult. I'm sure there are some of you right now that you feel the weight of a decision or an action that left you in a place you never wanted to be. I don't know what it could be for you, but we all have them. 
It could be any number of things. Maybe you've neglected your marriage, right, when you know you shouldn't have. And and you didn't think it was going to really catch up to you, but it's caught up to you. And it seems like things are really bad and things may not survive. Right? You didn't care for your body the way that that you knew you should. And years later, it caught up to you. And now you have health issues. And you wish you could go back. But it seems like it may be a little too late for that. Regardless of what it is for you, we all get to a place where we say, I never thought in my life that I will find myself in this place. I always thought life would be different or better. And you feel the weight of the decisions that you wish you could go back and change over, but you can't. But today, I want us to take a look at a guy, Peter. And we're going to be taking a look at Luke chapter 22. You looked at this verse a few weeks back with Mike, a couple of weeks back. But today, I want to take a look at it from a different angle than Mike did. And, and, and as we take a look at Peter, um, we all know Peter. We all know he had a loud mouth. And we all know that he messed up. And we all know that this guy deserved to be counted out. But because of the grace of Jesus, we're going to see that God gave him another chance. Because God is a God of second chances. Our God is a God of second chances. I know for some of you, this message will speak to you. And I pray and have been praying that God will bring the hope that you need to keep on going. And that you will believe that he will bring a better future for you. So let me give you a little bit of context as to what's going on here in chapter 22. You've been taking a look at this, so I won't go too much into detail. But what's going up to this point is that Jesus is having his last night with the disciples. And, and, and he actually tells the disciples, he says, you know what, today on my behalf, you guys are going to fall out. And Peter, right, who's always the loud mouth, who's always speaking, Peter's like, no way, Jesus, no way. I will never deny you. I, I, I will never, ever fall apart. All right, because of you, no, no, I, I will always be. And, and, and Jesus just says, Listen, Peter, today, today, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter again is like, No, there's no way, there's no way. And what we're going to learn in this story, because we all know what happened, Peter not only denied Jesus once or twice, but three times. What we're going to find in this story, Is how God's grace is so amazing. And we're going to find in this story how we can find healing and how we can overcome our personal failures. So we're going to pick up the story in verse 54 of Luke chapter 22. And I want us to take a look at two of Peter's mistakes. Now, he made a lot more than two mistakes. But we're going to focus on two of these mistakes First of all, because I did both of those, and I can uh, speak from experience of these mistakes that Peter did. And chances are you might find yourself in this story as well. So let's take a look at it. Verse 54, it says, Then seizing Jesus, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. So they've already arrested Jesus, and they've taken him away. And at this point, this is important because when they take when they take Jesus into the house of the high priest, this is where the beating begins. This is when Jesus begins to be physically abused. So when Jesus steps into this house, 
By the time he comes out of the house, he's going to look very differently than he did walking in. So it says, went to the high priest. The verse continues. It says, Peter followed at a distance. That's important, and we'll get back to this. Peter followed at a distance, verse 55. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. So Peter's following at a distance. He's now sitting down in enemy camp with some other people. And and I want to show you two of several of the mistakes that Peter made. The first one is this. The first mistake Peter did is that he underestimated his own weaknesses. And this is so, so important. He underestimated his own weaknesses. We, We have to understand every single one of us, we're all absolutely capable of doing anything wrong at any moment. We're all capable of sinning, of messing up, of falling short, of letting God down, of letting ourselves down, falling away from promises that we have made. We're all capable of horrific sin at any moment. And the moment that you think that you're not is the moment when we're most vulnerable. In fact, Paul said this. He says, if you think that you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. In other words, to those who say, oh, I would never do that. I would never cheat in that way. I would never sin in that way. He's saying, be careful. Be careful. We have to be aware of our own weaknesses. Unfortunately, I have learned this the hard way. See, for a long time, I thought that I was strong because I was very self-disciplined. For a long time, right, I thought, man, because I go to the gym consistently because I eat a certain way consistently because I set goals because I wanted to go to school and I was able to accomplish because I'm very structured because I'm very disciplined somehow I thought that that meant that I was strong but I have learned that in a moment's notice I can be incredibly weak and vulnerable I'm not ever going to say for one second that I'm above any sin that I'm better than that that I'm not capable of that because I am capable of falling short In fact, if you're taking notes, this is such a key thought, and that is that acknowledging weakness is the first step towards true strength. Acknowledging our weaknesses is the first step towards true strength. See, you're only as strong as you are honest. Peter did not recognize his own weakness. He was like, Jesus, I will never leave you. I I, I will always be here. I promise I will die for you. And that same day, he denied Jesus three times. So the first mistake that Peter did is he didn't understand and embrace his own weakness. And the second mistake was that he followed Jesus at a distance. And this is important. See, for for some of us, this is the moment that you're here for. It's not that you need a second chance, but it's that you have been following Jesus at a distance for a very long time. The reality is, we choose how close we are to Jesus. We choose how close we are to Jesus. Now, some of us, right, and I can just play with this metaphor, a lot of us maybe want to seek him every day. Maybe, maybe we want to constantly be engaged in his word, right? right? Maybe we, we want to be sensitive to his spirit and to his leading. We want to be serving in his body. We want to be close to the action, right? We want to be where he is at. We want to be close to Jesus. We want to make him priority above all else. 
But tragically, quite honestly, perhaps even the majority of people that call themselves Christ followers or Christians are more comfortable following Jesus at a comfortable distance. Right? There are many of us that want the good stuff that comes from following Jesus. We want heaven. We want comfort. And we want the benefits. But we don't want necessarily want to pay the price and the cost of following too closely. Right? I don't want people making fun of me. Oh, he's a Jesus guy. Oh, he's a Bible thumper. Oh, she's a Jesus freak. Yeah, we, we don't really want to kind of pay that kind of price. So we'll rather get the blessings but from a distance. Let me explain to you this way. I love going to sporting events, and, and in this area, that is one awesome thing, that there's a lot of sports that go on in this area, right? I mean, you can go see the Bulls, you can go see the Cubs, and you can go see the White Sox. You can go actually go up and see a lot of stuff up in Milwaukee. You can go see the Brewers. There's just a lot going on. There's the Bears uh, because it's a big city. Big stuff come over here. Whenever UFC comes over here, I'm, I'm there. And please don't send me emails about that. I know it's violent, okay? But you, you can refrain from emailing me about that and give me some Bible verses. Uh, but I just love sporting events. And, and But, you know, sporting events are expensive, so I usually just get the nosebleeds seats but I'm there I'm present and I have my son who loves all these kinds of things except UFC I don't let him even see that on TV okay but he goes with me to all these events and we get to enjoy each other and we get to have fun and and you know we can't see very well sometimes we got to take our binoculars but we're there and we're experiencing it until someone gave me tickets to go see the Bears on the 50-yard line on the second row Ooh, that's a whole, I, I could smell the guys that didn't smell that good. You could see their sweat. You could hear them talking. It was like it was right there. Is where that, I couldn't believe it, right? It was a whole different experience than simply being in the stadium far away at a distance as opposed to being right there where the action is. And that's how it is with Jesus, Right? I don't know about you, but I want to be up front. I want to be where the action is. I want to be close enough to be able to hear his voice and sense his presence. I want him leading me every single day. In fact, I'm going to argue all day long, all day long, that if Peter had been physically close to Jesus, he wouldn't have denied Jesus. Now, you may be saying, how, how do you come up with that? Well, just a few hours earlier... When Jesus was getting arrested and the Roman soldiers came in to grab Jesus, what did Peter do? Peter grabbed his sword, right? And he swung and he took a guy's ear off. Now, do you know why he took the guy's ear off? Because he had bad aim. He wasn't aiming at the ear, okay? He was aiming at the head. He was willing to die. He was willing to give his life right there. He's the first one that took out the sword because Jesus was right there with him. But Jesus is like, no, no, give me that ear back, plop, put it back in place. He's like, we're not going to handle it this way. But when he was following Jesus at a distance, he became vulnerable. If I can just say it right now, most likely some of you are following Jesus from a distance. And you will never experience the goodness and all the blessings. And you will never bring glory to God the way that you were designed to bring glory to God. Because you're following him at a distance. 
And most importantly, when we follow Jesus at a distance is when we're most vulnerable to hurting ourselves, to hurting the people that we're called to love the most. So I want to be as close as I can, right? And I hope that you do too. Because being close to Jesus is where the spiritual action is. I want to be close enough to be able to hear and know his voice consistently. So mistake number one is that he didn't recognize his own weaknesses. Mistake number two is that he was following Jesus from a distance. And here is how it cost him. Let's take a look at verse 56. It says, a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. He's talking about Jesus. And what did Peter do? Peter denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you are also one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another assorted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And you know, what's interesting is that Matthew also records this story. Luke tells us how he saw it, but Matthew tells another version. Actually, in Matthew, it says that after the third time that Peter denied Jesus, Peter actually said, man, if I'm lying, may a curse fall on my head. You know what's so crazy about this? Is that the only person that Peter was fooling was himself. Everyone else knew. Some of us We're only fooling ourselves. See, Galatians 5 gives us a list of things that says is the fruit of the Spirit. And the people around us, they know whether there's evidence of the fruit of the Spirit or not. They know whether there's love and peace and patience and goodness and self-control and the list of all these nine things that we could never produce on our own. See, you, you can't produce peace. You can't be all anxious and be like, okay, let me be peace. You can't. These are fruit of the Spirit. And many of us, the only ones that we're full in with our spiritual life is ourselves. Let's take a look at verse 60. It tells us the tragic outcome. It says, just as he was speaking, the rooster crawled. The Lord turned. So he's coming out of the house. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Now I want us to pause right there because you got, you got to think about this. Jesus is coming out of the high priest's house. At this point, probably his face is black and blue and bloody. And Peter, who loved Jesus, takes a look at Jesus and it says here that Jesus looked straight at Peter. Now you can only imagine the pain that Peter felt. Then he says, Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. So as Jesus looked at him, he remembered. And then he says, before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And Peter went outside and wept bitterly. I'm curious. When was the last time you wept bitterly over your sin? When was the last time that the weight of your sinfulness just became so real that you broke down before God? And I'm not talking about remorse. I'm talking about repentance. See, remorse is different. Remorse is, I'm sorry I got caught. Repentance is, I'm sorry, God, I let you down. 
When was the last time you wept over your sin? I'm saying that whenever I'm not sensitive to the horror of my sin, that's when I'm following Jesus at a distance. But when I'm following Jesus closely, I will repent quickly and deeply because I feel the weight of what I've done. Peter went outside and he wept bitterly because he knew that he had completely disappointed and broken the heart of Jesus. Peter, who who was called the rock, Jesus called Peter the rock, right? I mean, Peter the rock crumbled, not once, not twice, but three times. I can identify with that. Peter made a bold promise. I would never deny you. I, I would lay down my life for you. And he was not only unfaithful, he absolutely and completely deserved to be counted out. But our God is a God of second chances. Our God is a God of grace and love. He gives Peter another chance. And you may want to read this on your own. In in John chapter 21, we see this beautiful story of restoration. We see Peter getting restored. We see Jesus kind of having like a side conversation with Peter. and, and, And Jesus asking him, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Peter, do you really love me? And Peter's like, of course I love you. But see, he asked him three times, do you love me? For the three times that he had denied him. And then Jesus answered and said, well, you love me. Feed my sheep. In other words, I'm commissioning you again to be who you created to be. I'm commissioning you again to be the rock. I'm commissioning you again to be who you were created to be and to live out your calling. That's beautiful. So how did that happen? How, right? How, how did that happen? Because he, he, after this, all of a sudden now Peter becomes the keynote speaker on the day of Pentecost. The birth of the church. When the Holy Spirit descends, it is Peter who is chosen to be the keynote speaker and to see thousands of people come to Christ. The guy who failed and denied Jesus is the one who preaches and thousands come to Christ. Why? See, because there was no one better qualified to preach on repentance and forgiveness than the one who had repented and had been forgiven. There was no one better. Peter failed and denied Jesus, and yet he was allowed to proclaim the grace of Jesus. Why? Whenever we're broken, guess what happens? Jesus brings healing. You can look at it this way. I, I, I read that whenever a bone is broken and it heals and it takes the time to fully heal, that part of the bone actually becomes stronger than the rest of the bone. So most likely that bone will never break there again. If it breaks, it will break somewhere else that is weaker because that has become actually the strongest part of the bone. And when we repent and there's healing and there's restoration, we can become stronger. Because now we understand our vulnerability. Now we understand the importance of humility. Now we understand what it is to absolutely be broken and be picked up not because of who we are, not because of our gifts, not because of our talents, not because of what we have to offer, but because of who he is. 
You know, the very thing right now that you think is going to take you out may become the greatest point of strength in your life. As you move forward, because where you are now weak, our God will make you strong. Because his strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, you don't internalize failure. The same guy that deserved to be counted out, Peter, right? Was given a second chance. And he became so strong because of the grace of God that years later, this is one of the most powerful things Peter said. And his words are recorded in 1 Peter 4.16. The guy who denied Jesus three times and deserved to be counted out. But because he was given another chance, here's what Peter said. He said, however, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. But praise God that you bear that name. Well, he's saying above all else, what's important is that our worth and our value and who we are is that we belong to Christ. The one who was weak and vulnerable became stronger at the point of healing. Let's pray. Lord, in a room this size, I know that there are people here who need a second chance. Lord, and I pray that you would just bring love and comfort and peace and let them know that you're with them at this moment and that you want to bring restoration and that you want to bring a new life in whatever area of their lives they need a second chance at. Maybe it's work, maybe it's relationship, maybe it's finances. Maybe it's the second chance with you that they lost their way and they're coming back home to you. But I also pray for all of us here in this room that are following Jesus at a distance, that we're comfortable going to church and not being the church, that we're comfortable setting a little bit of time aside to maybe serve and to give, but not comfortable understanding that we're all called to be ministers that we're all called to be ambassadors and that we, every single one of us that call Christ follower, call, call ourselves Christ followers, are ministers of your kingdom in this world and that we can't follow you at a distance and live out our calling. We can't follow you at a distance and become who you created us to become for your glory and honor and for the benefit of this community. We pray all this in the sweet and precious name of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people say,